0: Hey, welcome to episode 9. We are kicking off this episode with a question from my Instagram DMs. Hey Ashley, I'm female, almost 40, in a monogamous marriage. Same man for 20 years. And I haven't had an orgasm that I'm aware of. I've started solo play with a vibrator for the first time. It's been a bit appalling to me before, and I'm also using the vibrator with my husband too. I feel like it's almost something, but like I just can't get there. Or maybe the almost is it? It's like a hurdle I can't get over or something. I just don't know what to expect or how to get over this block. It's been best with my husband plus vibrator, but I feel like I need to do the work myself to figure out exactly what works best. Any advice? This is an amazing question. I'm so glad that she asked it. Now there are a lot of women who have never climaxed or who aren't sure if they've climaxed or who've maybe orgasmed a couple times but can't get there consistently or don't really know how they got there in the first place. The thing that leads to great orgasms, almost always, is an incredible lead up. So. Thinking of the things that get you feeling sexual and comfortable or relaxed or just really at peace in your body, Um, whether that is a massage or a jog or a nice bath. Also, reading or watching or listening to something sexy beforehand can start getting you in the mood, like getting you physiologically moving in that direction. So I love the Dipsia, D-I-P-S-E-A, audio app. It's erotic audio stories. And making sure you're really turned on before you even start. I would say when you're with your partner or you're on your own, most of the time just go in like it's an exploratory adventure. Don't expect to get to climax. If you want to work on really really pushing the limit try to see how turned on you can get before you get in the bedroom and this can be a good trick even if you climax wonderfully regularly. How turned on can you get before you even get your clothes off? How good would it feel to be holding back from climaxing instead of really really pushing to get there? That is your keeping it hot homework of the week. How turned on can you get without having sex. Now, on with our episode. This episode is brought to you by Splash Blanket. One of the sexiest things about a man, in my opinion, is his ability to be a responsible ejaculator. Want to hear how I think pulling out can lead to more and better sex? listen on. And in the meantime, go to splashblanket.us and use code, keeping it hot for 11% off. So you'll be ready for the easiest cleanup you've ever experienced. If you're a man who has sex with a woman, here is my number one tip for having it happen more often. Pull out every time, every single time it's cleaner. It's easier, and for many women, it's more comfortable, but ask your honey to see what she prefers. If she does prefer to have no dripping or wetness afterwards, make this a regular part of your practice. It's so much easier to say yes the next time when going back into regular life is easy after a great romp in the bedroom. Splash Blanket makes cleanup a breeze. You can use it to wipe off yourself or your partner, and it'll hold up to a liter of fluid. Scoop it up and take it directly to the washing machine. Throw in items of a similar color and boom, you're already on your way to your next bedroom rendezvous. Grab yours at splashblanket.us and use code KEEPINGITHOT for 11% off. Got lube? Or at the very least, do you have an opinion on lube? I used to think it was sticky, messy, and plain unnecessary. That is, until I tried Coconut. Back in 2020, I received my first three-pack of Coconut: Oil-based lube, water-based lube, and their hemp-infused body oil. And I was sold. Since then, I've used coconut every single time I've been intimate. Why was it love at first touch? Well, it's made with natural and organic ingredients, so I can feel good about what's going on and in, in my body. It also feels, smells, and tastes great. I have really sensitive skin, so I was worried about how my body would react, but honestly, it leaves my vagina feeling better, like more moisturized and more balanced. Go to coconu.com and use code KEEPINGITHOT for 15% off. That's coconu.com. Hey, Canadian listeners. Would you like some coconut too? You can go to keepingithot.ca and use code keepingithot to get 15% off. That's keepingithot.ca. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but in the bedroom, there's always room to learn. Show your willingness to try new things with the After Dark Workshops. They're private, Recorded guided pleasure practices from trained tantric coaches and sex therapists. Go to keepingithot.com for our single workshops and bundles. Topics include oral and manual for him, oral and manual for her, intro to dirty talk, intro to squirting, secrets of female pleasure, control your ejaculation masterclass for men, and more. Workshops start at $25. It's the cheapest and sexiest date night you can get. Check out the After Dark workshops at keepingithot.com. Have you ever heard of a yoni egg? First of all, yoni is the Sanskrit word that means vulva, vagina, or womb, just so you know. So what's the deal with crystal yoni eggs? It may sound a little woo to put a crystal in your vagina, but we're here for the woo if it works. Yoni Pleasure Palace was started almost 10 years ago by sex educator Rosie Rees after she had an incredible experience with a jade egg while she was at a training retreat. Rosie experienced sensation inside her vagina that she had never felt before and was able to experience deep vaginal orgasms for the first time. Ever since, she's been on a mission to help women slow down their pleasure practice. If you wanna get more in touch with your body to experience longer, deeper, more satisfying climaxes, click over to YoniPleasurePalace.com to check out their beautiful selection of Yoni eggs, as well as luxury crystal and glass wands for gentle, slow buildup, big return sexual satisfaction. Check out YoniPleasurePalace.com and use code Keeping Hot for 11% off. I'm really excited. Because today we're going to be talking to one of my couples who came to the Bamford Retreat, Shauna and Richard. They're going to be on with us to tell you why the heck they booked a vacation with some chick they found on Instagram. This community that's come together over the past couple of years, because I just started sharing some basic ass sex advice. Um, Actually, in my stories, I shared it. A few years ago and then one of my friends who's a psychic katie you guys hear me talk about katie a lot here because um when you have a dear friend who's psychic it is the most incredibly delicious combination for a friend but she said hey that video that you made about on your stories that video you made on your stories about what time of day people should have sex she goes that changed my marriage i guess she and her husband had just been going to bed each night going like is it going to happen tonight? I could not deal with the pressure. If I went to bed, got into bed with someone and I was like, do they want sex? Do I want sex? But I have a lot of things going at all times. And my brain is a very busy place to be, but I have no, no capacity. I've no space in my bandwidth to wonder about sex. No, I would rather put my creativity into having great sex or I would rather put my creativity and energy into figuring out how to manage our days and our responsibilities so that I wanted to have sex more often. That's where I would put that that energy. If the person is in your vicinity and speaks English, you shouldn't be wondering anything or speaks the same language as you. You shouldn't be wondering anything. Asking people questions about what they prefer instead of just assuming is such a gift. It's such a gift. And when we get clearer and more practiced on asking the easy things, then we can ask the harder things. Then we can ask the things that our partner doesn't even really know the answer to, right? If we ask them, they would have to take a minute and go, Wow, I've never considered it that way. Okay, here's what I think, or I'm going to need a little time to think about that. I really believe the first 30 or 40 years of our lives is like taking our true selves and just like packing like paper mache and some wet sand and a little, little bit of concrete here, just maybe a little bit, maybe we just need to like chip through it or around it over our real selves. And our job is to figure out, Hey, that doesn't stay. That doesn't fit. Not, that's my grandpa's idea. He was great, but that's not my idea. No, no, no. I don't need to do that. One of the exercises that I did with my coach, Kathy, at one of my last retreats was this exercise to take a look at your mom's money story, your dad's money story. I've done that before. I've done that in a lot of like money mindset type things and like, you know, law of attraction, metaphysics, like just lots of meditation type self-help business books. I've I've looked at that before. But then she said, now look at your dad's parents' money stories. Do you know those? Yeah, I did. I did immediately. Even from my grandfather who I'd never met, I still knew when I asked myself what he was like with money. And then the other side too, my, my mom's parents, I wrote down what their money story was. And then I had a clearer picture of why I believe the way I do. So now I want you to ask yourself, okay, what was your mom's sex story? And what was your dad's sex story? And what about their grandparents? In so many of our families, the grandparent's first child was born like just a few months after they were married, what they were very much rushed into. I think that shame around finding out that you're having sex because there's actually a pregnancy that really sticks in a family. That's what I mean by your parents' sex stories, like how they how they talked about it or didn't talk about it or the feeling like the vibe you got from them. But so did you get a vibe from them that they never, ever did it? Because like they did, right? At least a few times. So did you just think they didn't outside of that? So what did you think a marriage would look like if there was a lot of sex going on? Do you think a marriage with great, great intimacy, right? It's exciting and um, they're getting on like they're hot for each other. Do you think you can tell that outside the bedroom? Do you think that like you can see a couple at a restaurant or somewhere and know, Ooh, yeah, they're hot for each other or or even like at a sports picnic or something, you know, even if they're not being like really touchy feely, but they're just, what do you see from them? What do you equate to to having a really vibrant sex life? What kind of behavior outside I am so happy to introduce you today to Richard and Shauna. They came to my Keeping It Hot couples retreat in Banff, Alberta in December 2022. They're going to share how they took their relationship from a place that was a little stuck and a little unhappy to a much better, hotter, more connected, and more loving result. Want to make sure you hear about future retreats and in-person events? Go to keepingithot.com and enter your email to get my free Keeping It Hot tip sheet. You'll get the free PDF delivered to your inbox instantly, and you'll be on the list for all important updates. Now, here's Richard and Shauna. So, guys, tell us about the two of you, how long you've been together, about your amazing kiddo Rexford um, and like, basically like relationship up till here or up until like you found the keeping it hot stuff.
1: Well, we've been married maybe 16 years yeah. in January. We had Rexford about, well, five years ago now. So we started a little bit later to have kids, uh, just till we were settled, had a house, been traveling, doing all that stuff. Um, last few years we realized, you know, we've had a kid pandemics happened we stopped communicating then in the springtime I started saying nope we're not we're not doing this anymore we're going to start talking we're going to start making sure we we know we're on the same page instead of leaving everything unsaid and doing all the different steps that we needed to and then Richard found you on Instagram I think
2: yeah the the one uh story that you did about the sex blanket caught my eye because we had a blanket on our bed for years sent it in the bed and Shauna said it was for the cat to sleep on and I (laughs) (laughs) I immediately said Shauna we're doing this wrong this is not what it's for (laughs) it's
0: not what it's for and then did that one that did that become your dedicated intimacy bed covering or did you get a different one
1: we have a few now because of course you do I don't like
0: doing laundry every day so we have
1: a few and now we have a splash blanket as well
0: Okay question so Richard you saw my a story or a video about a sex blanket did you send my content i just want everyone to know this cuz i say this a lot and every time i do people still look surprised so i'm like oh i guess i need to keep repeating myself 80 to 90% of my dms are from men and they're from men who find my content and they're like hey i don't think you ever said golly gee to me in a dm richard but they're like hi golly, thank you so much for the content you're making. It's really helping me communicate with my wife. Like we're, we're getting along or we're like understanding each other or this fight that we've been having for like five years. It's not a fight anymore because now we understand each other. So did you send Shauna that video right away or were you following me or what, how did that happen? Or did you just say, by the way, we're going to bam next
2: week? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I think I just, I started showing Shauna some videos and she sort of was like, yes, this is exactly what we need to, okay. to hear how to keep things hot and um, how to communicate with each other.
1: Because it was probably summertime when you showed me? Yeah. Because I think I read Swing in the summer. Okay, so you did grab my book after yeah. you'd seen some videos or were following, right? So I read the book and then told him to start reading. So he started using the audiobook, and then we both were following you, and that's when we both saw the, the story about BAMP. We're like, ah, that's not that far from us. What did you guys expect going in? Like,
0: bottom line, at least we're going to blink.
2: Yeah, I think bottom line, it it's, was going to give us the time just to be together and focus on each other and the communication between us, take us away from the day-to-day busy life that we have.
1: Yeah. The chaos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what I got were a lot of notes from people who said that things changed in their dynamic and the way they were like getting along or at least like talking about things even before they went on the retreat, like after they decided to book it. What did you, what did you guys notice when you said, Hey, we're going to do this. I think we were just excited at
1: the prospect. We were like, we're going to need a vacation away from the kid after our other vacation. And this, this was our first time really away from, from Rexford, like, oh. other than just at night, here or there.
0: What was the best surprise overall? And then, like, who of you too, you know, like, things that you're realizing about each other.
2: One thing that surprised me is just the interaction with the other couples um, and yeah. how easy that was and how friendly and everybody was. That That kind of surprised me how the interaction between everybody at the retreat.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it felt like everybody showed up with open arms, open hearts, and ready to listen and and make friends. We haven't really felt that in a couple of years with the pandemic, and I feel like people didn't realize how much they were missing that kind of social interaction with people.
0: When you're coming together for a common sort of goal, like, so a lot of pretenses dropped right away, right? I'm just going to assume that this is a nice person here, right? Like there are only 25 of us or whatever. Like we're just nice people here, right? Nice people. What was something that you guys realized about yourselves or each other while you were there? That may even be something little, but that's like help, helps your communication or working together now.
2: Well, I learned that we can communicate in an effective way especially in the bedroom that really like the after darks really helped with that a lot.
0: Yeah. And what was it during the after darks? Was it like the prompts from Zoe? Cause Zoe course was our after dark uh, leader. Was it the prompts to like, say like, does this feel better? Does that feel better? What was it? Or what was it that kind of opened it up?
1: I think she had sort of a calming voice and you just, Followed the direction. I mean, some of her words made you giggle or laugh, but that's bringing a lightheartedness into the bedroom. It's yep. not meant to be serious in there. I feel like who doesn't want some instruction or n- new techniques in the bedroom? So it was really good. We had done uh the for him before we had come to them, so we kind of knew what to expect. Who doesn't want a how-to? Like there isn't really, you
0: know, right? A right. You don't get lessons. The only places we can look is like porn to go. Wait, how does that happen? Right. That's one of the reasons that one of the most requested after dark topic is intro to squirting. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's this thing that some people see or they hear about or maybe have had happen by accident, and they're like, "But wait, like, how does that work?" Right. So that's one of the things. So that we can have just a more neutral way to like learn some of these things. Like, I don't know if I told you, but. I have this vision, like, what if after darks could be like the peloton of adult success? And you're like, oh, yeah, we always do Elisa's classes on Mondays. Oh, yeah, we never miss them. <laughs> yeah,
1: ex- I think they're great. Like, super helpful. I'm always up for learning something new, so.
0: Right, and just trying. Uh, a lot of people are worried to set a precedent with their partner. Like, if they say yes to this, then it's this slippery slope to all these things that their partner really wants, but they, they, they're not willing to do. Have you guys ever been been through that, had that like tug of war and have anything to offer?
1: I mean, I know people that, that do focus on that. That's not something I really worry about because I'm always willing to try something new, whether it be a new sport or new food or new sex position. I'm, I'm fine with it. And I yeah. always feel like Richard's up for the same. So I don't really feel like we go in with any expectation that yeah. this is going to lead to crazy bondage or something
0: right because what I saw in you guys and what I could feel like from the beginning is like if there's anybody in the room who's going to understand how you're feeling in the moment it's Richard Shauna and vice versa like you guys are tuned into each other you know yeah and I think it's when people don't have that connection and that like no 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 we're we're good. Like there's some of these things out here that like are a little unruly that we need to like figure out, right? Okay. But like, you know, no, we 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 are good. Like the trust, the understanding, the like direction, like this kind of the shared direction is something that I kind of feel from you guys. Then there's there's enough trust and goodwill there to say let's try. And after we try it, we get to have a conversation about what we liked and what we didn't, right? Yeah. And no one's going to go, but you said you were going to do this, right? Or there's no room for that in fun sex. The thing that I think a lot of people are looking for or thinking they should have is like this rip your clothes off, like almost like angry sex, like the passionate sex. Okay. And that, that just, you see, you know, you're so attracted to your partner. You just jump their bones. Okay. What I think some people are missing is that one of the most incredible things about long term sex is that it gets to be so fun. And it gets to be so playful. And if we can just lighten up around it a little bit, then we open that area, right? And then we open that area for like, you don't have to get it right. You don't have to look completely sexy. If you fart, that actually made it so much funnier that we were trying that new thing. Right Like letting like a lot of people are still scared like what do I look like naked? What do I smell like? am I gonna fart right? like what are any things that you guys have found around that to just like be comfortable with each other or was that something that was always there?
2: No, I don't think it was always there we've that's something we've been working on in the last year or so is being more comfortable in the bedroom with each other um, and I think that's started with the communication talking about, what we wanted in the bedroom.
1: Yeah. And outside the bedroom, which it all has to be working in order to have the right like setup for everything to go well.
0: What was it for you guys? Was it an outside the bedroom communication issue that made you go, listen, we ought to just start doing things differently. And then that led you to changing things up in the bedroom or did was it a bedroom problem problem in quotes that led to the other?
1: I think it was more outside the bedroom. Like he was working so much. We we did not have a work-life balance going on. So there just was so much left unsaid because it just didn't feel like time in the day to talk mm-hmm. about the topics. And yeah. I said, you know, we need to come up with a better work-life balance. You, there's no reason we can't. You, yeah. you don't need to roll out of bed and immediately start work. And then put the kid to bed and go back to work. You don't need to do that. There's ways around this. Schedule your day accordingly (laughs) so that you have some breaks. You need to take time to eat. You need to take time for yourself.
0: And taking
1: time for yourself is our biggest challenge right now. Yeah, and taking time
0: really for yourselves. That's what you mean, right? Like rather than together. So, okay, I want to hear more about that. But first, Richard, when you were in that mentality of rolling out of bed, going to your, do you work from home yes yeah. rolling out of bed going to your computer taking your coffee being like focused like this right I'm guessing you weren't like screw Shauna and the kid I'm going to be an asshole I only care about money right like I, I don't it was like that intention no, right no. um that probably you had an intention that seemed like felt very valiant like felt focused felt responsible right right yeah. um that we can just overdo it sometimes we can overdo it so tell me, where was your mindset when you were in that routine and how long were you in that too, part of that autopilot overwork before you guys <laughs> started shifting?
2: Probably since I started working from home yeah. over about five years ago. Okay. I um, from home before the pandemic and it was...
1: Snowball. Effect. Yeah,
2: it was yeah. just, there was always stuff to do. So I found it hard to just stop.
1: And and his guys that work for him depend on him doing the work so that they have work. Like yeah. for them to get into the field and work. So he always felt this pressure. Well, they're not gonna get to the job site on time, they're not gonna get this, they're not gonna do that. So I need to just work, 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 work. And like, but if you take some things off your plate,
0: you know, delegate.
1: That's what a boss is
0: supposed to do. When we look at things in a creative way, oftentimes there's a possibility for. Doing more for yourself and your partnership benefiting. Doing more for your partnership and your child benefiting too. All boats float. So when you're helping that tide rise, like just like the trust and the ease and the joy and the fun in your home, everybody gets to feel better. Just to send us out here, you all have had to have a lot of honest conversations, right? And I'm sure there were times when there was fear there, like they're going to be upset, or not understand, or be mad, or this is just going to make it worse. What has been on the other side of actually saying the thing? Was the fear warranted, or was it easier than that? Feel you know, for
1: me, I was me that started to bring up the hard things to talk about because I was so tired of not talking about them. I'm kind of a when it needs to be done, let's get it done. of a person so i said i have to put the fear aside and just get it done because the not knowing is worse than the fear for me
2: yeah and there's a relief uh feeling after after we talked through things like we we did your workbook and that brought up a lot of a lot of talking points that Mm -hmm. stuff that we weren't didn't want to bring up because it was um
1: old or scary or anything
2: yeah after talking about that, there was huge relief and made everything so much easier.
0: Yeah. Right. Sometimes we worry if our partner sees our fears, then they're going to like crumble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you're, you know, almost two decades into your relationship, you're like, all right, we're still running some things on V1 around here. Right. And yeah. we've upgraded the versions of other things. So like, okay, let's take a look at how we do this. And we do it constantly. Does anybody have an iPhone six? No, right? Maybe you're sitting in the the dustbin, but. Yeah, Rexford, the five-year-olds, the toddlers play with them, right? Like they probably don't even turn on. But the thing is we upgrade everything and we think if we just pick the right person that we should just, after, after you say I do, then it's just like, oh, you picked the right person. You're gonna get along well enough. You were compatible, you liked them. But it's like, things change right Mm -hmm. and thank goodness we're we're able to have these conversations so we can just upgrade our operating system right that's a good way to put it thank you guys both so much here is a very special sample from my audiobook swing don't worry there are no spoilers here and this chapter chapter four has been named the sexiest chapter in the book personally There's a sex scene later on in the book that's my favorite. But readers, again and again, say that this one is the hottest. On the drive down to the club, we were jittery, equal parts eager and skeptical. We made our way down to South Street, Philly, found parking and then set off on foot in the direction of the address that had been emailed to us. As we passed people walking on the street, I felt nervous. Would they know where we were going? Would they wonder why I was wearing a trench coat? Did I look like a flasher? At last, we saw the fake sign the email had told us to look for. Senor Rattler's Cantina. We paused, looked up, and each took a deep breath. Okay, let's do this, Manny said. We stepped inside the building we had looked at online for months, It looked just like the pictures, except now it was packed wall-to-wall with people. Heads turned as we walked in, and everyone gave us matching, welcoming smiles. We checked in at the front desk, handing them our confirmation email and our IDs so they could check our membership status. Right on cue, a male host magically appeared to greet us as we surrendered our coats and our cell phones at coat check. Welcome, he said, face beaming as he warmly offered his hand to each of us. I'm Chuck. Follow me. As he led us through the throng of people on the main floor, I noticed that everyone was smiling. The crowd parted for us. Everyone acknowledged us as we walked by, raising their glasses, nodding, or giving a little wave. The cheeriness made me feel like we were walking the iconic path in the opening credits for Sesame Street. Sunny day, sweeping the clouds away. Come and play, everything's a okay We were unavoidably carrying the mark of newcomers. Not only were we being led through the club, but we were wide-eyed, blinking, exhibiting the curiosity of newborn baby deer. And my goodness, we must have looked young. Manny, with his Mediterranean bloodline, could grow a five o'clock shadow by 10 a.m., but he was still just a couple of years away from his college football prime. And I had yet to encounter an instance of real life where I didn't get carded. Our rookie status could not have been clearer, even if a neon sign hung above our heads flashing fresh meat. Despite this, or maybe because of it, the treatment we received felt like an authentic welcoming. It did not feel like the creepy, predatory type of attention I sometimes experienced when I was out in the world as a woman. From a mile away, these clubgoers could tell we were first timers, and they wanted to assure us of the same thing they wanted to be assured of on their first visit. Hi, welcome. We're so glad you're here. No need to be nervous. We're all just normal people. And they seemed to be. On the outside, they were all remarkably normal-looking people, the same variety of which we'd encounter at the grocery store. As our host gave us the tour, I tried to guess everyone's occupation as we walked past them. Tattoo artist and hairstylist. Librarian and accountant, or something equally serious. Chuck led us through the main floor, flanked on one side by a long bar, and on the other, it opened up into a restaurant, set up with a buffet. Manny and I had already discussed that seeing someone grab a plate of food was the grossest thing we could imagine witnessing at a sex club. We squeezed through a mob of people to make our way to the staircase at the back. It twisted up to a landing into the second floor. Through the low lighting, we saw a sea of mattresses, outfitted in sheets of dark purple and blue. Uniform walking paths were visible between the rows of mattresses and punctuated by towers of clean dark sheets and white towels throughout. This is the pit, said Chuck. Following him, we continued our journey up another flight of stairs. The third floor held another bar, a dance floor, locker rooms, and showers, and a platform with a dancing pole. Above the platform hung metal hooks anchored into the ceiling, I didn't wonder for long what they would be used for, as a dominatrix set up shop for the evening and a line began to form for her services. Chuck wrapped up his tour, showing us the change rooms, lockers, and showers. After he bid us adieu, we went back to the third floor bar where we had left our wine, and we each got a glass. Cheers? I asked, amused and still a little hesitant to believe this was all real, and raised my glass to Manny. Cheers, he agreed, and we each took a sip as we looked around. We had purposefully arrived late, after 11 p.m., and as we took a walk again around the third floor, we saw that the club had filled considerably since we began our tour with Chuck. I saw a banister framing a large open area and ushered Manny over to see what was there. As we got closer, we realized it looked out onto the sea of mattresses on the second floor, what Chuck had referred to as the pit. Don't worry, said a voice from behind. That will be packed later in the night. We turned to see a smiling, earnest blonde couple behind us. He was tall and broad-shouldered with hair cut short. She was petite with a sleek bob. I'm Morgan, she said, extending her hand first to me, then to Manny. And I'm Tony, he said, extending his hand first to Manny, then to me. You guys new here? asked Morgan. Yep, first time, I said, trying to stay cool talking to a real life swinger. What about you guys? We usually come once a month, said Morgan. For a couple years, right, babe? She looked at Tony for confirmation. Yeah, we've been coming for right around two years, he agreed. But we are starting a new production, and we won't be back for a while. That's why we're here tonight, a last hurrah before all our energy goes into our show. Show? What kind of show? I asked and took another sip of my wine. They explained that they were actors, had first met when they were cast in the same play, and they were starting a new stage production that would take every waking minute of their time for the next six months. As we chatted, I noticed the music was lower than at a regular club, which made conversation much easier. We decided to take our conversation to the dance floor. The DJ was just starting a game where three women were blindfolded. They used their hands and their mouths to identify their partner on the dance floor. I thought this was a spectacular idea. I excused us to get another drink. As I leaned over the bar and asked for a glass of wine, Manny pressed himself against me. He wrapped his arms around my waist and spoke into my hair, I'm horny. I turned to him and replied through a kiss and a smile. Me too. We took our wine and walked hand in hand around the bar. Looking over the banister, the mattresses were indeed filling up. The lights were low throughout the whole club, but we could see darkened bodies positioning themselves beside and on top of each other, mouths and hands beginning their search. Behind us, along two walls of the third floor, was a wide L-shaped bench that served as a giant sectional. We turned and leaned our backs against the banister, surveying the partygoers perched along the bench. In front of us sat a man with a woman sitting sideways on his lap. She leaned back to kiss him, and he slid his hand high up the front of her skirt, deep between her thighs. To the left was a foursome, two men and two women. The women were kneeling on the bench, kissing each other, as their partners flanked them, sipping on their drinks. We watched as the women stood and began to peel off each other's clothes. They returned to the bench, the men shifting outwards to make more room, and positioned themselves for 69, one woman lying flat on her back, and the other snugly on top of her, each cupping her friend's buttocks and burying her face in her crotch. I felt blood rush quickly between my legs, immediately causing a sensation of fullness and wetness. I decided that I'd had enough watching. Let's go sit there, I said, motioning towards the corner. We walked hand in hand to my chosen location. I grabbed a towel for Manny to sit on with his back to the corner. I climbed on to sit facing him, straddling his legs with mine. My back arched, and when Manny reached around and his hands touched my butt cheeks, and my back arched, and when Manny reached around and his hands touched my butt cheeks instead of my skirt, my suspicion was confirmed. My ass was visible to the whole club. As I kissed him firmly, he squeezed and ran his hands up my back. "'flipping my skirt up completely. "'I kissed him harder. "'Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the actors, "'Tony and Morgan, sit down to our left. "'They motioned for us to join them. "'I shook my head and mouthed a no thanks, "'and they replied with a, no problem. "'I felt Manny hard between my legs, "'and I rubbed against him as we kissed. "'He ran his lips down my neck, "'and to my right I saw the 69ing women "'had reconfigured with their partners, "'and now the men were in on the action.' each of them going down on one of the women. With Manny's face in my boobs, I whispered to him, I'm going down on you. I slid off him and between his legs. I knelt, white stockings on the floor, and undid his belt and pants. He propped himself up slightly so I could move them low enough to access his already hard penis. I swirled my tongue around the tip and looked up at him as I took it in my mouth. He looked down at me and scanned the room. As I slid my mouth up and down on his shaft, I gave him a sly smile. I knew the visual and physical stimulation was enough to make him nearly lose his mind. Get on top of me, he offered. I giggled as I stood up, dizzy from the excitement. I turned around, reached behind me, and pulled my thong to the side. Manny licked his fingers and reached around the front to put them inside me. I leaned into him, laying my back against his chest. He fingered me as he kissed my neck, and I looked out at the dance floor. On the spanking platform, a woman fingered herself as her handcuffed husband was flogged by the masked dominatrix. Beside us, the foursome were now having sex from behind as the women kissed and fondled each other's breasts. Tony was fingering Morgan and licking her clit, and she looked like she was about to climax. And then I realized, so was I. I'm close, I whispered. Upon hearing this, Manny steadied the rhythm of his palm on my clitoris, keeping his fingers inside me. I closed my eyes needing to focus on the building heat and intensity in my body and block out everything in my gaze. My body clenched, every muscle tight, as my orgasm exploded like a volcano, sending torrid streaks up my chest and over my ears. I stretched back, my cheek against Manny's and told him I was coming. Eyes pressed shut, I saw a rainbow explosion, a kaleidoscope of color that kept spinning behind my eyelids. I fell limp on top of him and looked toward the ceiling. My vision was foggy, but I felt Manny's body beneath me and the bass from the music rattle through the bench under our bodies. Finally, I let my eyes drift down and my vision quickly sharpened. The sex scenes around us seemed to have doubled. Everywhere I looked, I saw different configurations of mouth and flesh. I turned my eyes to Manny's. I want you inside me. Now, I insisted. I put my fingers in my mouth, scooping saliva to stroke down his penis. I positioned myself and took him inside me lowering until my glutes pressed against him, spreading to his hip bones. He grasped my waist, fingers on my abdomen, and each thumb lateral of my spine, allowing me to feel the contraction of my back extensors under his thumbs as I arched back and forth on top of him. I rose to my toes and pressed my hands on my knees, my arms pressing my breasts together as I rode him, all the while continuing to watch the scene in front of me unfold. This episode is coming to an end, and I don't want it to finish before you take action. Take a screenshot of this episode and text it to your spouse. Let them know you're thinking of them and how you can better your relationship. If you both need a little hand-holding, grab Keeping It Hot The Workbook for fun, low-pressure conversation starters to get to know each other on a whole new level. Or if you want to rip the band-aid off, if you want your dynamic with your partner to take a leap forward while you also dig deeper and fast, read Swing. The audiobook is on Audible and I narrate it. You can also request the paperback or the ebook from your local library. Whatever action you decide to take, be proud. It takes courage to move the plot of your story forward, even just a little bit. And small steps every day really do add up keeping it hot with ashley renard is a production of manitoba woman media produced by elizabeth krauss original music by echo drop production assistance by lauren petraglia